first reading is from the book of Acts, chapter 26, verses 13 to 20. About noon, King Agrippa, as I was on the road, I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, it blazing around me and my companions. We all fell to the ground. And I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. Then I asked, who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, the Lord replied. Now get up, stand on your feet. I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you have seen and will see of me. I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I am sending you to them to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place amongst those who are sanctified by faith in me. So then, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the vision from heaven, first to those in Damascus, then to those in Jerusalem and in all of Judea, and then to the Gentiles. I preached that they should repent and turn to God and demonstrate their repentance by their deeds. And the second reading is from James's letter, chapter 4, verses 6 to 10. But he gives us more grace. That is why the scripture says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify you, your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. Thanks be to God for his word. Yeah, well, good morning, nice to see you. And um, does everybody know what the subject is all about? It's stepping stones. And uh, oh, there's the picture, it's Compton Acres. Okay, so you can actually go and see the stepping stones and every time you see them, you remember my sermon, won't you? Yes, that's good. So, um, but that hymn that we sang, I chose it, is a very old-fashioned hymn, isn't it? Holy, holy, holy. But one of the reasons I chose it was because um, I heard it somewhere just a week or so back, and the last verse, I thought, that really sums up where we've got to over the last four weeks. The statements of faith 
And we've had, haven't we, the truth really brought to us. But listen to this um, last verse. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, all thy works shall praise thy name in earth and sky and sea. Holy, 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 merciful and mighty, God in three persons, blessed Trinity. Now that really sums up the four weeks that we've had, statements of faith, the almighty God, the God of creation, the God of great mercy, the eternal God, the Trinity we had, didn't we? And of course, we've had the authority of the power of the word of God. And last week, made in the image of God. So we've had four weeks of these fundamentals. Now Chris tells me there's four more weeks to come. So I'm the little fill-in in the middle. okay? And I thought, well, I can't depart from that wonderful theme because it's the theme of truth. We've had laid down for us some of the rich doctrines of the Christian church of what we as Christians, our lives, are built upon the truth that's revealed to us in God's precious word. And these statements of faith, which well could become the statements of faith, <clears throat> the ground of what this particular church is going to say, that's our, that's our blueprint, that's our foundations. This truth, and Chris is very anointedly, I think, bringing them out to us as he shares the truth. And we've got four more to come. And so there came to me, uh, as we sang that, of course, that we, we, we've sung it as well. And we sing many of these truths, actually, in our hymns and our songs. Uh, and I think sometimes they go a little bit over our head. But now it's coming down, isn't it, into our thinking because... We've heard it now for weeks, statements of our faith, our faith. Now, listen to this scripture that came to me also just this past week. John 8, 32, because I think this is a, a key to us. Okay? It says, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So we're getting to know the truth. Now, some of you might say, but we've known most of these things, you know, we're Christians, but I must admit that as we go through them, there are new things that we're reminded of. But this is part of the Christian faith, the foundations of how we should live and how we are. But it's not enough to know the truth. We get nice notes, don't we, too? Reminding us. And if you look on the back, there's all the statements of faith, and they're very, very deep as you read them. It's a lot to take in. So when you first become a Christian, you certainly don't know it all, do you? You could say, oh, I could take a lifetime. But actually, it doesn't take so long if we sit in a church, and you're blessed to sit in a church where the truth is preached, and that we get to know what the Christian faith is all about. The truth. But it would be very disappointing if we have four that have gone and four to come, and we can say we know a lot now. And we've got all the notes. We know the truth. 
Because John tells us that isn't enough. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set us free. That's another step. That's when it begins to get below our thinking and our knowledge into our hearts and into our spirit and into our walk as disciples. And the truth does something for us. It sets us free. I think that's a, a, it's a precious goal as we go through these eight special studies on the statements of faith. We want the faith, the truth, to set us all free. Isn't that a good goal? Eh? Are you sure? Yeah, oh, good. Because it's an important thing that our lives are changed by the Word of God. And last week we had also Chris, he came with the mirror. Do you remember? And he showed us the mirror and he was pointing out to us that's the image. And we're made in the image of God. And in reading James, and we come to James uh, quite soon in, in, in this morning, that in reading James, in chapter 1, he tells us, you know, looking at the truth, facing the truth is like looking in a mirror. When you look in a mirror, you see yourself. I looked in the mirror this morning, and in a sense, I wish I hadn't. Okay, it's, um, <laughs> When I was about 21 and a probationary pastor, I prayed a prayer. Lord, oh, please help me to look older. And every time I look in the mirror now, I know God answers prayer. You know, so it's, um, you know, but we look in the mirror and we can walk away and we can forget. That's what James says. We forget quite quickly what sort of person we had, what we looked at. But if you look intently, he says, into the truth, into the commandments and the law, he describes it as, but when you look into the truth, that truth shows you not the face. It could look quite good on some mornings, but not so good on others. But when you look at the mirror of the word of God, the truth, you see yourself. And you see what you like inside. The truth shows us the truth about God, but it shows us also the truth about ourselves. And that we also need to take on board. Now, I'm speaking about stepping stones, and I know stepping stones will keep... There it is, look. And uh, these stepping stones, uh, if you go to Compton Acres and you want to cross that stream, there's only two ways of doing it. You either get extremely wet or you have to cross on these stepping stones. And um, to get to the other side, one side uh, to get to the other. And in the book of Acts, when uh, we had read to us just a few moments ago, uh, we, we, we had this conversion of Paul when he met Jesus on the road to Damascus. And, and he speaks about this light shining round about him. Uh, and he, he came, it was a great shock suddenly for him to, to face um, himself because he was so opposed to the gospel and to Jesus. And yet suddenly he meets Jesus. He didn't know to start with, who are you, Lord? He said, I am Jesus. Confusion. He knew Jesus was dead. But now realizing Jesus Christ was alive. And he met the living Christ. And it changed his life. And it's changed the whole course 
of the world and of the Christian church because many of the foundations of faith are laid down by Paul. Much of the New Testament in its, if you like, its theological teaching is laid down by Paul because he met Jesus. And that's his testimony. He's given his testimony before King Agrippa. He gives his testimony many times. You read it in the book of Acts. This story is at least three times there in the book of Acts. It, it comes out in his epistles and his writings. The testimony, the personal testimony that he had. He met Jesus and it changed his life. And you know, when you really meet Jesus, you can't help bring it in somewhere. Anybody who stands up and speaks, they have to bring it in. I've met Jesus. And I know looking back on my life, it was meeting Jesus that changed the course of my life. And I'm sure it's the same. For so many of you here, you met Jesus and it changed your life. But this is now what happens when God speaks to him because he gets his, not his statement of faith, he gets his vision statement. We've got ours over there. Uh, I don't suppose they can see it online, but it says, loving God, loving people, sharing Jesus together. That's our vision statement, isn't it? Well, this is Paul's. And he gets it here right at the beginning of his Christian experience when the Lord speaks to him and tells him he's going to be a witness and a servant. And what a servant and a witness he was. This is what the Lord says. I am sending you to open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins. That's his vision. He tells King Agrippa, he says, and I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. That which God gave him was what he fulfilled in his life. It was in his ministry, it was in his walk, it was in his teaching. This vision statement that the Holy Spirit had given to him, and let me just read it again, it's very short, isn't it? to open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins. Now you say, Brian, when you get on to these stepping stones, I'm getting there now. We get into step one. You see these stepping stones and we've just got a few that I want to mention this morning. And this first one, we'll understand only if we realize Stepping stones that get you from one side to the other side, isn't it? It's to get you across from one place to another. And, and, and Paul's vision is, my ministry is to get you from darkness to light. My ministry is to get you from the power of Satan to the power of God. That you may know forgiveness of sins. So that's what he is seeking to do. And that's what these stepping stones are all about. Okay? We take stepping stones, and they can happen quite quickly in an experience. They happen quickly for Paul. They can happen a little bit more slowly for some. It might take us even when we've started to come to church and we've, we, we, we've opened our hearts to the Lord. It might take us a while even to get to step one. But step one we have to get to. And step one is coming. Coming. There it is. Coming. And these four stepping stones, they come out of that, that book of James. Those few verses 
that Les read to us a little bit earlier. Verse 8 said this, Come near, and he will come near to you. The author puts it, Draw near, and God will draw near to you. Now, to do this, you've got to take a step. Okay? Now, some people, they would say, Jesus does everything. It all happens at the cross. It all happens uh, because Jesus has died on the cross. We don't have to do anything. Salvation is a gift. It's without price. Well, in one way, it is. But we have to receive it. And to receive it, you've got to take a step. Step one. You've got to get onto the first stepping stone, which is a, it's a step of faith to get there. You see? And we... We are drawing near to God. We are coming. And that's the call of the gospel, isn't it? Come to me. And, and we're stepping out and we're coming. We're drawing near. Now, I've learned that I've got to do that many times, not just once, all those years ago in my life. If I want to really know the Lord, I have to take these steps quite regularly. These stepping stones to draw near to God. Now, what, the story that I, I just want to share um, on step one is Moses. Now, we all know the story of Moses and the burning bush. I don't have to go into details. But he was in that wilderness. He was looking after the sheep. He was used to, to nature. He was used to seeing bushes on fire. You know, there often were wildfires in the heat. But this was a bush that was different. It was on fire but it wasn't being consumed. And it drew him. That's why I like the word, you see. He was drawn to that impression. There was a bush on fire, but it wasn't being burnt up. That's a bit strange. I'm going to have a look. And he turned, and in a sense, he was then coming. He was drawn to have a look, and then God was waiting for him. Come, come. Now that is how many of us began our Christian path. We sometimes, something has to happen. Our burning bush, okay? It's not a burning bush in that way, but it's, it, it, it's equally something that catches our imagination. It, it speaks to us in some way. It draws us. But sometimes it's not so easy. The Lord has to get us into a corner, up against a wall. I often use the phrase, we have to come to the end of ourselves. Where we know we've got a problem, we know there's something going wrong, life is almost falling apart sometimes for us, and we don't know which way to turn, but something is telling us, <laughs> this is a, it's a call, it's an opportunity. And something from the past, something from Sunday school, something somebody has said to us, something that we've read reminds us there is a God who loves us. And then we come. We're starting, okay? We're coming. We've been drawn. We're coming. I'm coming now, Lord, coming now to thee. And Moses, he turns and he, he comes and God speaks to him. And God says to him, Moses, Moses. He says, yeah, yes, Lord. Yeah, what, what, what do you have to say? Don't come any closer, the Lord said. So that's a contradiction, isn't it? Step out, get to number one, get the stone number one, draw near, come. But wait a minute, don't come any closer. Now what does that mean? What's he saying? Well, 
having gone through four weeks of the statements of truth, I begin to realize who God is. I begin to realize that in drawing near to God, I'm drawing near to the everlasting God. I'm drawing near to the one who is holy, holy, holy. I'm drawing near to the God who is three in one, the blessed Trinity. I'm drawing near to the God of creation, the God of all. This is a mighty God. Now he quite quickly reveals himself through the cross and through his son Jesus. But you see, in understanding who God is, the truth about God, it shows the truth about me. And I can't stand in the presence of God. There is no way I can come as Brian Jones into the presence of God. Because my, even the best that I've done is but filthy rags. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's no, not one who, who is right. Not, not one. And we need to acknowledge that. So step one, when you get there, and this is the way you, you get to stone number one, is you realize who God is, and that humbles you. You have to confess then, isn't it? This is the repentance and, and the confession of sin that the gospel is full of. This is the opening prayer that is prayed almost every Sunday in this place, and it will be prayed today at communion. Lord, we're sinners. We confess our sins. Only your cross cleanses us and helps us. We can only take the next step. Okay, going from stone one and going to stone two when we listen to what James says. Because James says in stone two, wash, cleansing, cleansing. There it is up on the screen. The next stone is clean. Do you know what James says? <laughs> he says, wash your hands, you sinners. He's a bit straight, isn't he? See, I'd hesitate to use in that sort of phrase, Chris, too, perhaps, you know. What did Brian say this morning? He said, we've got to wash our hands because we're sinners and purify our hearts because we're double-minded. He called us all sorts of names. But I can hide behind James and say, well, I didn't say it. James said it. He said, wash your hands. What's he saying? I mean, you know, we, we, we know that Jesus also said, you know, washing your hands isn't uh, what matters. It's what's washing it's what's inside that counts. But this is what James is getting to. He, he says you've got to purify your hearts, you double-minded. You've got to wash your hands, your sins. You've got to have a cleansing. And sometimes as Christians where we feel and know we've had a Christian experience and we are the Lord's and we serve him, sometimes we even need a deeper cleansing to move on into a deeper ministry. There is a cleansing that Jesus provides. And, you know, it's, it's a very special thing to come to communion this morning. But let me read to you out of 1 John, because this is the cleansing. You know, this is the washing. We've been told this, with, you're used to washing your hands now, I don't know, 10 times a day or something. COVID tells us, isn't it, you've got to wash your hands all the time to keep that old plague away from us. Wash your hands. I told you, they told you you had to wash your hands, I don't know, is it 20 seconds or 30 seconds? And you had to wash your hands and sing uh, Happy Birthday two times through. I remember that from all, right at the beginning. You've got to wash your hands to keep that virus away. Well, we need to wash our hands spiritually to keep sin away. You know, to keep the darkness away. 
If we're going to pass from the darkness over to the light, we've got to take these steps. If we're going to know that we're going to overcome that power of Satan and freedom, we've got to take the steps. And the second stone is the one of cleansing. Listen to what John says. This is the message we've heard. We declare to you, God is light. Okay, that's that's where we're going. God is light. There's no darkness at all. And if we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and we do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Then he goes on here in verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful, he's just, he will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. But if we claim that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word, his truth, is not in us. So this second stone, this cleansing, is all to do with the cross. It's all to do with the blood of Jesus, the blood that he shed there on the cross. The only way we can be clean to enter the presence of God is through the blood. And that's salvation. You can't pass from the darkness into the light and to walk in the light unless you wash your hands, unless you cleanse your heart, and it's the blood of Jesus Christ that does that. I learned quite early on uh, when I, I, I sought a deeper way with God. I, I needed it. But the cleansing was part of that process. You know, it says of Moses that he, 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 when he, he, he covered his eyes, he couldn't look. He hid his eyes from God. And I remember a prayer I had. It was, it was, Lord, I blushed to lift up my face. I knew the struggles I was having. I knew my weaknesses. You know, there are some people who, who were born perhaps better or born out of Christian families and, and who find it easier to come. But I didn't find it easy to come. And I know as lots of you don't find it easy to come. But the blood of Jesus is what makes it easy when we acknowledge that we are weak. We acknowledge that we do fall and we do fail. But the blood of Jesus works within us and cleanses us. And we can come to him and we can say, Lord, forgive me. Please wash me. Cleanse me in your precious blood. And that's stone number two. Well, take it. Take it as we come to communion this morning. And we pass to stone number three. I've, uh, I've called this conquering. I've been keeping the C's, not the R's of yesterday, but the C's come in, cleansing, conquering. <laughs> this is victory. Because this is what Paul said in his vision statement. He says, I'm going to bring you from the power of Satan into the kingdom of God. No. He, he repeats this in, in um, Colossians. Um, let me um, read Colossians chapter 1 to you. This is what Paul writes. He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So he he repeats it, and he repeats it in many other places. He has rescued us from the darkness He's rescued us from the dominion of darkness, the place where Satan rules. He has 
lifted us from that, and we're on our way. Step three, we haven't got far to go. He's bringing us into freedom. He's bringing us into that light. He's bringing us into where we are no longer under that authority and power of Satan. Now, we don't talk about the devil too much, and we shouldn't. We don't talk about Satan, which is the other way we describe him, um, or the evil. We want to concentrate, isn't it, on Jesus. We want to concentrate on the one who gives us the victory, not on the one who defeats us. Jesus is the conqueror, and he did it at the cross, and he proved it through his resurrection. Jesus overcame and overcomes in us. Now, Jesus himself was into the wilderness. You remember the story? The temptations of Jesus? Do you remember how it was when uh, he was baptized? He came up out of the water. The dove of the Holy Spirit came upon him. There was a voice that said, this is my beloved son. Hear him. And then he was taken into the wilderness. He was tempted of the devil. Now, do you remember how he overcame? How he got the victory? How he... Do you? Each time he spoke the word of God back to Satan. The truth set Jesus free. It didn't have to set him free. It kept him in freedom. When the devil tempted him, you read it, Jesus used the truth. And that's a good thing for us. That's why we need to know the Bible, to know it. Thank God that here we encourage you, don't we? We hear it nearly every week. Are you reading your Bible? Are you trying to get through it every day? Through it in a year. The plans are at the back, we're told. Try and keep up if you can, but don't worry if you can't. As long as you're reading the Bible. We shouldn't be Christians that only hear the Bible on a Sunday. We shouldn't be Christians that now and again might open it and read a verse. We need to know the truth because it's the truth that sets us free. And when we're tempted and when we're pulled down, and when as Christians we know we are facing defeat and maybe even defeated, and we know that there's something, even though we've been washed, somehow there's something that still wants to dirty us. And we can wash again. But we don't want to keep washing from the same thing, do we? We want to overcome. We want to pass from the power of Satan into the power of God and his kingdom, and we can do it through the truth and the name of Jesus. What blessings the Lord's given to us, and we miss it. We miss it. You know, I, I know that the past is dealt with in the gospel. Our past is forgiven in Christ. When we confess our past, when we acknowledge our need, it is past. But sometimes the past, we've given up on the past, but the past doesn't give up on us. There are consequences. There are weaknesses there. There's tendencies there. There's things we've been involved in that we, we, we know we're forgiven, but sometimes it comes back to thoughts. It comes back to dreams. It comes back. And we know that there's something more. We need to take up the battle. To be conquerors to come to victory by stepping over and seeing that the blood cleanses, that there is a power that Jesus gives us in the word and in his name that can release us from the power of Satan. 
We don't have to be bound. We sing it. I know our chains fell off. My chains fell off. I rose, went forth, and followed him. But sometimes when we move forward, we feel the chain pulling us back. There is a power in the word of God, in the truth, and in the name of Jesus, and in the cross and the resurrection that can break us free from the power of Satan. That's what Jesus was about in his ministry. And that's what Paul was about in his ministry when he said he's rescued us. What a word, isn't it? You know, we could say, oh, he saved us, but I like that word. I don't think it's in the authorized, but it's in the NIV there. And it says, he's rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us to the son that he loves. I, I'm, you know, it's wonderful. Let me read 1 John too. The one who does that is sinful is of the devil. Because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. My, that's the gospel. That's the cross. That's the resurrection. That's Jesus. He came to destroy that which spoils our lives and to rescue us from it. Don't stay in the darkness. Don't stay under the power of Satan. But, well, let me read this verse to you. It's far better than I could ever, ever think in my own words. My dear children, says John, my dear children, the children who are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. My, the one who's in me, okay, the one who's in me is greater than that darkness, that dominion, that one who rules in the world, that power of Satan. Jesus is in me by the power of his Holy Spirit. Now, that must be true, isn't it? We've prayed it. We've, you've prayed it. Holy Spirit, fill me. I want you in my life. But I tell you this, if you take these stepping stones, you'll experience more freedom, more of the Holy Spirit than you've perhaps known before. And it's very simple. That's what marvels me, how simple these things are. Wash, cleanse your heart. See that you have a power that God gives you. It doesn't come from anywhere else but you overcome the darkness and you overcome the devil because God has rescued us. My final stone, we've got there. We're almost over. We're almost in the light. We're almost in the kingdom um, of blessing. Submit is what James says. Submit. Consecration. That's a word we don't hear too often. Used to hear it a lot in the early days. Didn't we? In Baptist churches, in evangelical churches, in Pentecostal churches, consecration. What does it mean? It means submit yourself to God. That's what James says. You know, it's give yourself to God. Surrender your life to Him. We often used to say we're under new management. You know, I've left my rule and my, I've made a mess of everything. I'm putting myself under the management of God. I give myself to Jesus Christ. I surrender my life to Him. See, this, 
This gets us all the way over into victory. And sadly, that's where most of us go wrong a bit. We give some, but we don't give all. We hold back sometimes the most important things. But, and I'm not talking now, you know, even about things like finance and, uh, and even our, our gifts. The Lord can manage without our finance and even without our gifting. I thought that was a bit difficult. I thought at one time, I thought I was, in, you know, indispensable in my church. But, but I realized when I left there, I wasn't. And that's a good thing, isn't it? You know, because it's only God. You know, we give ourselves to God, but he can do without us. If he loves to have us. But what is it then that I give to him? I give him my heart. I give him my spirit. I give him my inner life, which will last for eternity. I surrender my life to Jesus Christ. Listen to what Paul says in, in Romans. And Romans is a very deep book. It's a book of truth, isn't it? But here's the truth that will set us free. Therefore, I urge you, it's chapter 12, verse 1, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. And this is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed, transformed, taken from darkness to light, taken from the power of Satan into the kingdom of God and to freedom, but only the Holy Spirit can work in us. Transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and prove what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will of God. Offer as a living sacrifice. Consecrate your life to him. Put yourself under his management. And the truth, you'll know it, but it'll do something else. It'll set you free. I think that's a wonderful thing. Cross over the stepping stones, one by one, and you'll get somewhere. And you can do it quite quickly. You can do it as you pray here this morning. You can especially do it as we come to communion. Because there, Jesus is the center, isn't he? The cross is the center. And we can be saying, Lord, I'm coming, I'm coming, but wash me. Cleanse me, Lord. Cleanse me, Lord. And, oh, Lord, give me victory where I know I need it. Help me, Lord, to take up the battle with you. Help me to take it in ease that you give it because your word sets me free. Your name is a power in my life. And I give myself to you. It's going to take eight weeks to do that. You can do it in the eight minutes it will be taking us to come through to communion to take the bread and drink the cup. It can be a communion that changes your life if you take the stepping stones to victory. Let's just pray, shall we, before we sing a couple of songs that's going to lead us into the communion. And Chris will come back and lead us in that. But we're going to sing at the cross. Love ran red. At the cross is where the blood we shed to cleanse us and to give us victory. And then how deep 
the Father's love. What love he has for us. Lord, bless your word. Let the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight, O oh Lord. Let your Holy Spirit put within us the truth. The truth that sets us free. In Jesus' name. Amen.